Coach Bayer is not a liar. His assistants got taken care of. Let's discuss. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked on Coyotes, your number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. I am your host, Robin Leonio, alongside Matthew Jacobson. We want to thank everyone for making the show your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcast, including now on the SiriusXM radio app. Just be sure, just be sure to look up Locked on Coyotes. Got a great episode for today, we are going to be talking uh, the assistant coaches for the Arizona Coyotes as uh, they officially got their extensions as uh, as already kind of reported as saying that that's what Andre Tourney was waiting for. Yeah, and, and well, like we said before, Craig Morgan, when the story originally broke that the Coyotes were essentially, the deal was done with Tournier, but they were just kind of waiting for these deals to be in place for his assistant coaches. He signs on the 23rd and just looking at the article dates real quick. The very next day, one of his coaches signed the day after that, another coach signs. And then as of 10 a.m. this morning, Monday, as we're recording this, Corey Schwab is gets added to that list. Uh, if there's one we're missing, it'll, it'll be within the next 48 hours, I guarantee. But yeah, he's not a liar. He is based. Coach Bear needs to be protected at all costs. And I, I respect the hell out of him because that's the kind of leader I want. That's the kind of leader we need. And I guarantee the the folks in the locker room, the players value coach bear, if not more than we currently value him on the show. Oh, absolutely. I really think that coach bear, I think can really be, you know, like it, I touted as not just a player's coach, but an organization coach. Cause I feel like everyone really just appreciates him around, you know, around because he just gets not only does he is just really good at what he does but everyone he just seems to get get along with everybody and make sure that everyone is taken care of yeah and again i i respect it you need more coaches like that and uh assistant coaches uh, i've said it before i think on the last episode we talked about it can be seen as uh relatively you know, interchangeable. However, I, I really feel like this group is different. And uh, if coach bear believes the same, I'm going to run into a brick wall for this man. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Like, especially as we talked about on the previous episode, um, when coach bear got his extension officially signed, um, we're talking about, you know, the assistant coaches, the importance of assistant coaches saying that, look, you know, yeah, this is the, the, the head coach makes all the decisions, makes all the final decisions, kind of, you know, runs the show, but is the assistant coaches make a big deal. And I really feel like that's why, like, um, assistant coach, the, these head coaches want to make sure that they have their guys in place. Rather than just like these, let's say like the GM saying, "Oh no, we're just gonna we're gonna bring in this assistant coach because we really need this assistant coach works really good in this area." Like, no, oh, we want this assistant coach. Yeah, sure, to work well in that area, but also to work well with the rest of the organization. 
Yeah, or we're not just going to hire this guy because he used to be a player. Or we're, we're look, we need Ulf Samuelson to coach the defense. Why? Because Ulf Samuelson coaching the defense kind of thing. Where, uh, and, and that's not a shot at Ulf Samuelson. I remember him being okay as a defensive coach, but your your mileage on that may vary. I'm just giving it as an example of uh, Ulf Samuelson was brought in because he's Ulf Samuelson. These coaches are brought in because Coach Andre Turnier wanted them here for their coaching ability specifically. And then Corey Schwab is is uh, the the leftover, which is not meant in a disrespectful way. It's kind of funny how literally no, is the best no, of the Corey previous Schwab regime. With, <laughs> the reason the reason why Corey Schwab is the longest tenured assist, you know, I would say just coach, the longest tenured coach um, in the Coyote system right now, is because as a goaltending coach, he is doing his job right and has been doing his job right for the last several years. Co- goaltenders seem to like. Yeah, they'll go through rough patches, but they seem to be doing really well. The Coyote system. Yeah, it feels like it doesn't really matter who you are, unless your name's like Calvin Pickard or Ivan Prozatov, and you're going to have some struggles. But and and you have Auntie Ranta, injury history guy that just can't stay healthy. We see it in Carolina. He works perfectly as that one B, kind of more on the backup side. Good mm-hmm. NHL goaltender. He looked like a starter here. That's how good he was in 2017, 2018. Even I can admit that. I'm not a big Ronta fan, but I will admit when he was really good. He even put up decent numbers despite all of the injuries. You had Darcy Kemper come out of nowhere from literally everyone's perspective. Stanley Cup champion Darcy Kemper. Stanley Cup champion Aiden Hill, who had a phenomenal first stretch until he got ran into the ground. That it wasn't Schwab's decision to have him play. What was it, fourteen in a row, or no, whatever it ended up being? <laughs> so it's like we've seen Vamelka, uh, Anson Thornton coming out of nowhere to kind of steal a spot within the system. Um, uh, Connor Ingram went from the meme of "Ain't that the dude that gave up like five goals to the Coyotes in the last game in Glendale?" to Oh wow, this guy is, is an that's, NHL goalie. Let's not forget the previous season in Scott Wedgwood. Right, Wedgie. He had two different stretches, and he was solid, solid both times. Yeah, and it 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 just really tells you the importance of uh, of Corey Schwab. And again, it could be you know a, a mixture of you know maybe development coaches as well. But you know Schwab is being the main goaltending coach. He's kind of the you know the one that gets all the credit. Um, I mean, and rightfully so. Something is being done right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, did we have these results with any other goaltending coach? All right. We've had, you know, one truly elite season of Mike Smith and then some mm-hmm. solid numbers, some solid performances as it was tapering off. We had uh, Ilya Brzgalov come out of nowhere for about it was a year and a half. Two years was his big stretch of being really yeah, good. Maybe like, a little what, longer, depending on what your definition of really good is. Like uh, he was there for the first, I think, two playoff runs, and then we switch yeah. it over. So it's like you had a pretty solid stretch. Let's say three to four years, just in case I, I said the incorrect number. And we've had solid backups like uh, Michael Telquist was not a bad backup. Jason LaBarbera, love Barb's over here. Uh, Devin Dubnik. We've had a pretty solid history, but – any of those other guys I just mentioned, you're going to remember Mike Smith, maybe Brzgalov. You're not going to remember anyone else that came out of the system. 
You know who Auntie Ranta is. You know who Darcy Kemper is. You now know who Aiden Hill is. You have to know who Karel Vamelka is. It's just different. They went from being a pretty solid track record, all things considered, to this is kind of ridiculous. The, the, Arizona's kind of like the, the the goalie gurus, if you think about it. I know, right? And I'm, it, it's it's funny because, like, you know, everyone talks about – everyone when, when everyone kind of, you know – talks low about the Arizona Coyotes and then you're like see that goaltender you got yeah started in Arizona <laughs> he came from us you're welcome <laughs> and he any any grew well there he actually showed his star his star talent while he was still with Arizona rather than just like not even emerged yet at the time yeah yeah you want to talk about FanDuel you want to jump right in to talking about this episode's sponsor, that being FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel, the app that's easy to use and can be everything from can be everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Matt, so let's continue talking about these assistant coaches signing over the weekend and the last few days for Arizona. Uh, I want to say, I guess next, you know, I guess the next next one we can talk about is one that I, you know, um, let's talk about John Madden real quick because mm-hmm. I I had uh, J D Young from uh, Locked On San Jose Sharks come on come on the show about a little over a year ago, I believe, when uh, when the Coyotes initially signed John Madden, and we're like, okay. Um, who is this guy? I've heard his name before again, but not in the, in the hockey sense, not, not the football coach. We're, was it from the football <laughs> video games? Was it? No, not definitely not that. No, definitely not that, that John Madden. Um, but, and I asked, and, and the, the, the gist of it was, you know, that John Madden ran the special teams for the San Jose Sharks and they ran pretty well. So my expectation going in was, oh, he's going to help run the Coyotes special teams and they're going to, you know, they're going to get better. And in the in the opening couple weeks of the season, they did. They actually looked pretty darn good. Then they just burnt out because the talent just wasn't there for special teams. Um, but looks like they have the belief in him. And I really think that, uh, you know, with the with the roster that's slowly getting put into place, I think you know, I can put some faith in the John Madden on on uh, on, on helping run the special teams maybe even a little bit of defense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I remember seeing that he got re-signed and my first reaction was, didn't I just make a video on this guy? Like, uh, like a year ago, if that, <laughs> that he's joining the organization, he just completed his first season as a, an assistant coach for the Arizona Coyotes. He oversees the penalty kill unit. Obviously there's going to be some additional responsibilities as well, but that penalty kill unit was surprisingly pretty solid. Now, I'm not going to pull up numbers and be like, well, they were ranked no- top 10 because they weren't. They, they by no means were like a top 10 uh, penalty kill, but they had really solid stretches. 
borderline dominant stretches at times and looked overall like a cohesive, hardworking unit. I just want to keep seeing him build with more and more talent because kind of like with Andre Turnier and how good the offense has been, the penalty killing and the special teams has been getting better and better. And as you give these coaches better and better players, this only should get better to where I, I just, I, I keep saying it or alluding to it or whatever, but I, this team might actually be built to compete for cups. It actually might be built the way it needs to be. And that's just really fun to think about. That's just, that's, that's just really fun to think about. All right. No, I'd like that. Totally. And then, I mean, we're not going to have, we might not have that time. Like what I think the year right before and like during the, uh, when, when the season got cut off due to the pandemic, when the Coyotes had like an unbelievable penalty kill in which they were actually scoring shorthanded goals left and right. <laughs> we don't yeah, have grabs was... anymore. We don't, <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't have, we don't have those players anymore. I mean, that was fun. That, that was. was fun. Um, we're not going to get any more, unfortunately, but I, we're still going to get, you know, some, some solid excitement. Yeah. And, and I just, I like it. I, I, the fact that every other time I've, we, we've, we've been talking about rebuilds, been talking about the team being constructed. It's like, oh yeah, you know, they got some exciting players. Oh, they should be able to build on it. And it either burns out uh, or they make the playoffs once or twice and then it's done. And then it's kind of like, well, we're right back to the next rebuild. All right. Uh, Domian Duclair of the future. Nope. Okay. I guess it's Clayton Keller and, and Christian Dvorak and Connor Garland. And now it's like, well, Keller's still here, but also like, have you seen that Logan Cooley kid? But because of how they're building it this time, and this is nothing against the previous coaching regimes because there's been some very solid coaches in this organization. Plenty of coaches that I really like. I don't think I've ever seen a unit as cohesive as this. Just I I don't think I've seen, hey, we're going to talk about the defensive aspect and actually, well, look at just how much better this system is or how much better they're playing on the penalty kill or, oh, goaltending. Oh, yeah, they're they're literally getting starting caliber goaltending out of peanuts, out of Euro signings, out of waiver claims. I, I this is it. <laughs> I, I just this is it. Flag, flag in the ground because I, I, I just I just want to take that minute to appreciate that we actually get to like have these conversations and have full faith in this coaching staff and be able to actually talk about their strengths more so than just like yeah they're okay yeah the, the defense has been fine yeah pen, penalty killing okay <laughs> right no like it's just it's it, it's it's nice to it's it's a breath of fresh air of being able to be like yeah it's gonna be like this we can this, these are our expectations we can actually. Like we actually can set expectations. We can probably put, have an episode on that on expectations for the upcoming season coming as we get closer to the training camp in the next month. But um, I mean, I just I mean, just pretty short though. Like we can actually have have those set expectations though, rather than just like, yeah, yeah, because we're not just like, well, Bedard. We're not. We're not like, all right, <laughs> shite for right. Let's be let's be bad for Bedard. Like uh, obviously, we want a top ten pick this year, uh, maybe top twelve, and it can go down a little bit more. But they're not going to be a playoff team. But I, I I would I would like to to be around the middle of the pack. I I wouldn't complain about missing out on the playoffs by a little less than what we were imagining. And uh, I, I, this coaching staff has already impressed me 
pretty much every year. They, they again, they squeezed 25 wins out of a team that one of the <laughs> one of the the realizations the offseason that Louis Erickson was going to play for this hockey team or first line center Travis Boyd. And we're not trying to pick on Travis Boyd. I, I that was <laughs> one of the funniest things to ever like get to experience in real time. I, we don't know how it worked, but it did for some reason. <laughs> it was it made no sense, but it did at also at the same time. It was it was stupid season for the Carriers and the Coyotes, but it was hilarious. It was awesome. Um, but it, yeah, it kind of feels uh, like a hangover. Like it, it, it kind of, <laughs> it's like oh yeah, it's 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 like you're about to get kicked out of your apartment in a week because you know they're they're playing a, a last year at Gila, and it's like all right, well let's just throw everything at the wall and see what happens. We'll make plans later. As soon as as soon as we got to move our stuff, then we'll have something in place. But for right now, we're just gonna, we're just gonna right. party. Last assistant coach to discuss a little bit on is uh, Mario Duomo. Um, I think that this is a huge one. One, like I think this is the only one truly that is that that is tr- like true to the core. A Andre Torrini guy because he he was an assistant coach for for Bear with the Ottawa 67s um, over in the OHL. Um, so they have that close connection, and, and so. So Bear knew exactly what to expect out of Mario Duhamel, and that is being able to to generate a solid offensive unit. And I think that was huge. And I'm looking, I'm just looking at it like the the Coyotes look look at what a lot of these players have done right in the last couple of years in terms of offensive production. Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Lawson Kraus. Um, Shane Gossesbear, a lot of these players, offense like offensive production, just all of a sudden went up. You're like, what the hell? Where did these guys? Where did these players come from? Yeah, because Coach Bear is really good offensively, and he looks at Duhamel and is like, you know that you're pretty solid with the defenders. And then you see Gossesbear go from being someone that was seen as borderline not an NHL or two, a pretty damn good top four defenseman, revitalizing his career here. Uh, I, I saw decent performances out of guys like uh, Josh Brown that no one was expecting. Even Patrick Nemeth did not play terribly last season. Wasn't great, but no, for someone yeah. that you just grabbed as a cap dump, and that's not even mentioning how good was Yusuf Valimaki throughout stretches. When Valimaki was in the lineup at the very beginning of the season, I, I mentioned it on a couple of reports where it was the defense, the unit felt flat at the very beginning of the season and then the, the few games in Canada where Valimaki got to play, it just felt like it started to stabilize. And then what about Yanis Jerome Moser? What JJ about this Moser. kid? Jamie Moser has been fantastic. And I and i and, and I think this that this is a perfect example because we're talking about, you know, what he did, you know, during Mill's time, again, like I said, he was an assistant to to a tour in, a, in the OHL. So he knows how to work with young kids. And Mosier was an overager when he came in, but mm-hmm. he was, again, he's still young, um, you know, on the younger side for for uh, NHL, NHLers. So it's like, all right, he knows the right system. He knows what, Duomo do, do knew what works, especially again in trying to build the offensive production of defense, of the defense. Plus, also not, that, not only that, but just help this defense overall. Yeah, because the unit just has been looking better. Even guys like uh, Victor Sodashom struggled a lot. 
yes. down the stretch this this last time up he if you watch how he played not just oh well he's not putting up points or something because he wasn't shooting he took a couple shots but well he wasn't really shooting he was moving the puck smart very good to see but it was also improving his positioning and Yanis Moser just to pivot for a second Yanis Moser is probably the best defenseman defensively when it comes to body positioning, just knowing where to be, knowing how to get his stick in lanes. Uh, he doesn't block shots quite like Z, but he is probably the best defensive defenseman I've seen since Z, and he has more offensive upside than I remember Z having. Then you pivot back over uh, to a guy like Soderstrom. If they can keep developing him along, that could be a solid pair. I am convinced Soderstrom was drafted to play with Oliver Ekman Larson. I would not be surprised if they can they can get enough out of Soderstrom for him to pair with Moser, and Moser legitimately could be a number one defenseman. All right, the the offense is is there when it needs to be, but I'm just talking about pure defensive game. I think this kid is excellent, and if you can continue to build the the extra defensive depth around him, and I think the coaching staff has already shown they can do that just with how well they've gotten veterans to buy in, uh, waiver claim guys, trade guys, minor league guys, you're seeing improvements. And even though it's not a top five or top 10 defense, it's not, uh, you know, the fruits of the labor aren't quite there yet. I have so much faith in in the defense under Duhamel that I, I just... And let's let's remember, this this the defensive unit is part of a rebuilding team. So there's a lot of youth in there in which there's going to be a lot of inexperience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A lot of inexperience that we saw for the last couple of years, definitely. That, you know, we saw the holes that were there and the inexperience. But over time, they did get better. Um, and you, like you said, it, they're definitely not a top five defensive unit. And I don't expect them to be a top five defensive unit this, this next year. But they're continually getting better. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting to see where the ceiling is because if Sean Dursey can fix up his defensive inefficiencies and there's from what I I've I've been able to gather listening to people that know his game a little better um there are a lot of holes and, and inefficiencies in his game but he's really good offensively I would like I said, I, I said it before I'll pair, I'd pair him with Moser cuz Moser's excellent defensively and I think that might help him but even if you pair him with a guy like Valamaki Decent little bit of offensive depth, but also sound defensively. Uh, you, you could probably pair him with Stetcher, who's also sound defensively. I, I just – that can be someone that's a top four defenseman moving on with the core. Uh, Maverick Lamoureux, when he's ready, he has the tools to go wherever he wants to go in this league. I cannot wait to see Duhamel work with him like, and work with him more and more closely as he works his right. way up in the system. We have guys like Duda and Simashev and – uh, I know I'm forgetting at least one other solid defensive prospect we have in this system. This defense is probably going to look unrecognizable to an extent in a couple of years, and it's probably going to be even better. Part of the defense unit is going to be uh, the uh, 2025 Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> <laughs> when are we getting our Kale McCarr? When are we getting our? When are we getting our all-star defenseman? But I don't know. I just, I, I, I really, really like these assistant coaches, and I, I, just, I, I hope over the next, you know, three or so years, the only one that has a solid number that I've read was Turnier, 
Everyone else says multi-year, which they can be here for two years. They can be here for five years. I got no idea. I'm pretty sure Craig will have any sort of detail. Or if I've watched a more recent show, I would know. But I haven't uh, had the yeah. time to. But see, the, it's it's funny because the you know when the Coyotes puts out their press release, they say, you know, as per club policy, the terms of the contract will not be disclosed. Mm -hmm. And about like 30 minutes later, a reporter, whether it's Craig Morgan or a national reporter, tells tells us the details oh this is what this is what it is elite prospects will have it cap friendly will have, will have like these like like websites that are operated by enthusiasts will, will have that information so I, I don't know why they still say per club policy like just drop the club policy i like we're, we're not asking if they got like a video game study clause like kyler murray we're just asking if it's like three or four years it's just, that's it's all like i want to know it's like the uh, similar to the uh, the sand club policy where it's like, oh, X player has suffered an upper body injury or lower body injury. Like, what does that mean? He's playing without a head. He got <laughs> decapitated. That's an upper body injury. Anyway, anyway, let's 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 Any final back thought here. before we close things off. Uh, I am just left feeling optimistic. I am incredibly confident in, in this coaching staff. And um, I, I don't want to be any closer to 30, but by the time I'm 30, we're, we're going to have a very competitive hockey team. Oh, 100%. I really, I really can't wait to see what that's, what that's going to look like. But that's going to be it for today's episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review. Like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube and the SiriusXM radio app. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes. And on uh, the app formerly known as Twitter, at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Matthew Jacobson is at the AZ Sports Guy. Interact with us, ask a question you might have. We might interact right back or in a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Today's episode, hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.